This podcast is not meant to be informative or educational and has the potential to be completely irrelevant. This is Property Jam. Welcome to this episode of Property Jam, the podcast where we talk about everything on the human side of property. And we have a guest with us today. <laughs> yeah, thank God. A bit sick of listening to us three wang on about property. Um, we've got the wonderful Lewis Crompton in the house. So, Lewis, I'm going to hand over straight to you, man, to tell us exactly who you are, what you do in property, and how on earth you ended up on Property Jam podcast. Uh, hello, everybody. My name is Lewis Crompton. I am 32 years old, and I'm saying that because <laughs> next month I'm 33, and I'm very, very upset about that. Um, so uh, the human side of property is that we all age, as do our properties, and I'm personally quite upset about it. So I, uh, yeah, I've been involved in property now for over six years, but I started my investment journey actually as an investor um, from a trading perspective. So I used to be a trader, and then I... Um, uh, well, I still am a trader, so I've been doing that for a number of years, and I use that to start in uh, my process of investing in property with that capital. So, yeah, I've had a I've had a wild ride when it comes to property, ups and downs, and twists and turns, and um, not everything has been fantastic or fan dabby dozy. But I must say, I'm a massive fan of the um, term "wang on about property." That was a new one to me. Um, I was a big fan of that, so yeah, I'm going to use that in the future. Oh, we do, Lewis. Stick, oh, around, we do. stick around, you'll hear us wanging on about all sorts of things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, uh, as you heard by the intro, um, completely irrelevant as well. So, um, but yeah, um, Lewis, you have, we've actually known each other for quite a long time, haven't we? Yeah, we have. When, yeah. when did we first met? We first met back in 20, must have I been think 2015. We met, yeah, at like a Rich Dad investment event. Oh. Um, uh, no, it was, so. um, I was doing a, a Forex trading course and you were like one of the, one of the coaches one of the coaches yeah, yeah yeah so that that was for rich dad technically i mean it had a different trading name but it was under the rich dad brand um mm. uh so that was with ali um yes i think one of the last times we met each other in person we were quite drunk at some hotel reception in liverpool street um from memory <laughs> I... not in warrington Yes. Well, I was, yes. And for some reason, I'm now thinking, I don't think I've ever met you in Liverpool, but you said Liverpool Street. Uh, yes, so, Liverpool uh, Street, yeah. But if you're both that far gone. Yes. It could have been anywhere. It could have been anywhere. I was going to say it could have been actually anywhere. Yeah, but that, that would, would have been a good four years ago. Anyway, five years oh, ago. Longer, probably. longer. Five. Yeah. How old, how, how old am I now? Not well, as, how old was Lewis? Old it's a very old sensitive old. subject. Yeah. How old was Lewis, yeah. more importantly? I was well, on the right was, side was, of 30 back then. I was going to yeah. say he was, he was under 30. At that point, so. yeah. I don't think I realized how, how, um, how young you were because I felt quite old at the time. I no, I felt young at the time because so I was in my late 20s. Yeah, I can't yeah. remember my late 20s, I must have been 30s. Now you're just an old fart. Yeah. <laughs> So it was in the golden era of 30s and 20s, so yeah. So yeah, now, very much golden era, yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah, it was it was really good fun, you know, learning about forex trading and then realizing that it definitely was not the right path for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So a lot yeah. of money to realize that, but sometimes you got to. Um, uh, but yeah, so that was that was really good, uh, and uh, I, I've also seen Lewis um, sing. What? Yeah. yeah, Lewis is a bit of a musical theater nut. Stop from it. What I, yeah. From what I remember. 
So, I do love uh, a good little sing song. I really do. Okay. What was it? Was it? Was it Les Mis? I don't know. You get a bit of a whole show for for us. Um, oh, I, yeah. If, if I've had a drink, then if generally my my Disney repertoire will be coming out somewhere along the line. Yeah. Oh, a bit my... of Les Mis. Yeah. Yeah. What's yeah. your favorite Disney song to sing? Oh, favorite Disney song. Um, something from The Little Mermaid tends to pop out. Like, look at this stuff, isn't it neat? Look at oh my god, my, my, my daughter would absolutely love you. Wouldn't you think my collections? Oh my god, I'd love right. It's okay, so one. we are getting drunk <laughs> together. I know the words to that song. I don't think I've actually ever seen it. What? I have never seen well, that. Well, we can't think that. I'm afraid then, because that's that's just one step too far. Absolutely. <laughs> but I do uh, love Les Mis. Just that might be like oh, uh, Saving Grace. I hate that musical. Sorry, Lewis. Oh, I it's my favourite. <laughs> Didn't we have this uh, conversation the other day? I'm sure we did. It does sound familiar, but I do no, I don't a lot remember of having the conversation on, on Property Jam, but you know, Les Mis, I, got, uh, well, I had a very deep um, understanding of it because I was playing... I, mean, I, did, I was taken over to the island of Arran, Isle of Arran, on the Scotland. west coast of Scotland. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to play for Arran High School. Um, and they were doing Les Mis in the local sports hall, I think it was. Um, and I had been dragged over from Edinburgh Uni uh, to play three keyboard parts. Wow. Well, At the same time. Have you got three at the hands? same time. Yeah. They had, I, I don't know how they expect me to do it, but yes, I was, I was playing the important part of three keyboard parts. What? Wow. That, and that's when your career hit its yeah. all-time high. Yeah, so very, very intimate relationship with uh, with the, the score from Les Mis. Um, but I struggle to remember it all now, but uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I don't know. But, uh, yeah, my, my, my daughter would absolutely love you for Little Mermaid. Yeah, it's one of the favorite. Mermaids are a thing right now. Oh, She's God. going through this transition from Hey Dougie into Mermaid Barbie. Oh, it's, it's, a, it's an important time in a girl's life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, and some little boys' lives as well. And they, some they little boys' lives. Phase two, don't Absolutely. they? Absolutely, yeah. Especially, <laughs> especially the mermaid transition. You know, it's a big one. It's a big one. Yeah, yeah it's fascinating. Okay, Strength, so, scales and everything. All right. Well, next next time this is happening, Lewis, it's happening in person, and we should do it at a karaoke bar. Like, I'm I'm there. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you can sing. I mean, I can't. So um, karaoke doesn't matter. Oh, that's what I figured. Yeah. I mean, I know. No, you I know. don't know. I don't You've know. I can a... still murder a karaoke chin. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. everyone, everyone's got their go-to karaoke song as well, regardless of how good they are at singing. But you have to have like the go-to one. I think mine right. is now going to be Little Mermaid. Like, I actually think it's going yeah. to be like, yeah, look at this. I'm pretty sure Niles is Delta Dawn. We sing it every other day. How did you know I sing that every day? <laughs> I didn't realise I was singing it out loud. <laughs> yeah. Delta Dawn. Why yeah. do you sing that? Because I, I, well, I love country music. That's one of my Oh, yeah. yeah. I do, do you know what? I'm starting to get a real appreciation for Dolly Parton. Oh, uh, yes. Although I, it annoys me, I've, I've been thinking about this. The new Beyonce song, You Can't Break My Soul. First yep. of all, love horrendous. it. Wish I didn't. Horrendous. But I do. Absolutely horrendous. But Ooh, linking that to Dolly Parton, well, you can't you can't account for taste, candy, Matt, at the end of the day. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's, there's, there's a link between Dolly Parton singing Nine to Five and what Beyonce's just sung. Neither of them, for goodness knows how many years, have been working a nine to five job. Let's be Very honest. True. Yeah, they're trying to resonate with the audience. They're trying to resonate with people about the fact they've been like sticking it to the man or whatever. No, doesn't doesn't <laughs> work. Taking their taking their first three years of life and then making a career out of it. Yeah, exactly. 
Oh, I don't know. I think that it might not be nine that's very to cynical, five, but they've grafted to get where they are. They but the, the nine to five tune came from a movie. It wasn't about the actual her job. It was it was from the movie nine to five. Oh, okay. Oh, excellent. I've not seen. I don't it. have with, that level with, of Dolly Parton knowledge. With Jane Fonda. Jane Fonda. Okay. Yeah. Yes, it was written for a movie. Okay. But yeah, no, I, I just want to kind of ret- a bit retract what I say there. It is quite cynical because, um, as essentially business owners and entrepreneurs, which a lot of singers are, and musicians, they work a lot more than nine to five. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Mm. Yeah. Working eight to eight. What? <laughs> doesn't quite have the same ring. Can you imagine no, for someone that has just joined Property Jam for the very first time, they're going to be really, really confused, right? <gasps> We are normally put... irrelevant, but and this is on a whole new level. <laughs> well, let's, let's let's pull it back to property then. So, so Lewis, um, let's start with the, the easy question. What does the human side of property mean to you? I don't think that is an easy question because my, my initial response was going to be, for me personally, property has been quite quite stressful. Um, I've just had a bad run of it, to be honest, on, on my side. But if I think beyond just my own experience, the human side of property, um, I, I think it's such a it's such a phenomenal place to create and you can create things out I'm, I'm a big believer in in the enjoyment of creation and, and creating something out of nothing I think that's why I have an entrepreneurial streak because I quite like creating something from nothing and that's what you do in business that's what you do in property so anytime you can kind of I mean I've, I've never done like a, a development or anything like that but although I'd love to one day because you can literally look at something where nothing exists and you can build something from scratch and I think that's really really exciting so that's where it kind of links into for me is that that creation of something from nothing or turning something transforming something I'm I, I love like going through Instagram and looking at transformation stories and things like that or or look at how ugly this house was and look how beautiful we made it like I love all of that um and that's that's something that weaves into every area of my life because the human element of property or the human element that I bring into everything I do including property is about transformation is about growth is about um that type of thing so I think I went around many, many different houses. Very good. Pun, yeah. Um, to, to answer that one. But that's kind of, I think, what the, I think the human element of property is whatever you choose to bring to it. Um, but my automatic response tends to be stress when it comes to talking about property, just because of my experiences so far. Well, let's hear about that then. So what is, what, what has been stressful about property for you? Um, uh, how long we've only got like a short period of time on this podcast, <laughs> don't we? Yeah. This is going to be therapy. Yeah. Do I always say this whenever I'm a guest on a podcast? I love being on podcasts. I always say it's like free therapy, and I love it. It's brilliant. Um, so for, I've just had I've just had a bad run, to be honest. And there's definitely lessons learned in all of that bad run, and reasons why those things happen because I didn't necessarily do things the way I should have done them um, if I had have known better when I was first starting out so I've had uh, uh, dodgy letting agents that didn't take deposits for a student group that moved into a property who then didn't pay rent who then ran motorbikes through the property and things like that um smoking weed and i mean the biggest thing about that which annoyed me is they didn't offer me any when i visited you know (laughs) that's just just selfish selfish. Um, very selfish um i've had uh tenants which we've had to kick out who then broke back into the property because they left a bag of something and then they set fire to the property at the same time so i've had that type of thing yeah um properties of mine be turned into drug dens and prostitution rings so that was fun i don't even have that big a portfolio so it's quite oh, a hard, like, hey, where, where is yeah, your exactly yeah, where, where is this 
um, uh, it's in, well, I've, I've got all of that happened in Middlesbrough, but I also have property in Doncaster. I haven't had the same issues in Doncaster. I think that explains a lot. It does explain a lot. Yeah. 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 Okay. I think when I, when I first started, I bought into the low property value, high returns and actually you pay you pay your price somewhere don't you and so that's that's what's tended to happen so not that you can't make money in property in Middlesbrough but it's not ever going to be as good Sounds as like you need a thousand paper. properties so that the hundred that you have issues with don't <laughs> yeah. you know, destroy the rest of the portfolio yeah well it's definitely there is definitely safety in numbers so if I had just one property and that had happened uh, I would have it would have been game over in a way um, mm. but because I, I do have multiple there is safety in numbers from that from that element yeah totally when so you okay so right let's just strip this back so you obviously had a bunch of students who had the whole drug thing going on and there's motorbikes and stuff and I'm kind of like yeah that sucks um but the ones that set fire to the house did, did did the whole place go up uh not quite so it didn't, wasn't like burned to the ground but it wasn't habitable so then I, I but I still had to pay council tax when there wasn't a livable space and then the council said oh you can ask the, the fire department to sign it off so it's not habitable and then the fire department refused to sign it off because they said it's down to the police and the police said it's down to the council so I literally for about six months went in this cycle whilst having to also pay for metallic gates on the property to make sure no one broke into it um so that was fun so that was a that was definitely <laughs> an interesting process to go on literally so. a baptism of fire for you yeah yeah, yeah. thanks for laughing at that Niall. that's uh, a no just cackling in the background at my misfortune yeah, yeah thank you. well that, to be fair I've, I've i've just come back from um a site visit yesterday um for a property that we've we were going through the courts to get tenant out uh, he decided eventually just to leave of his own free will, but didn't tell us. Um, and when he left, he left the property unlocked. Oh. Um, so he moved out and I don't know how many other people decided to move in. Oh. It's a five bed house and every room had evidence of people living in it um, for about a week and a half, maybe two weeks. But wow. in that short period of time, they have made their mark, shall we say. Oh, very nice. Yeah. So uh, not as bad as I thought it was going to be, though. It's yeah, it's not as bad as what we thought it was going to be. To be fair, a good clean up. Literally, everything just has to be dumped that's in the house, and the house itself is okay. Right. It just has everything that's in it needs to be skipped and start afresh. But did, didn't wow. you have the same same issue with trying to get it resolved? Because yeah, I, I I remember a back and forth with you on on Teams about this property. I'm just saying, I just can't just call the police, just call the police. It's like, I am calling the police. I am calling the police. I don't want to go. It's like, what do you mean? I'm reading this. It's, it's trespass. It's illegal for, for people to go into residential property. And the police didn't want to have, uh, have a bar of it, did they? Until, like, yeah. It was very similar to your situation, Lewis, because I went to the police and they said, no, we can't deal with it because it's a civil matter. It's not a criminal matter. Squatters have the right to be in there. Um, so you technically have to go through the courts. This, they, but they said, if you go to the Citizens Advice Bureau, they'll tell you what to do and what the next steps are. So then I went to the Citizens Advice. They said, you need to go to the police because the police need to wow. get them out of there. And I just kept going back and forth. And in the end, it was just like, I don't know what to do. So um, eventually got the police to go around. Um, and when they turned up, there was no one in the house. So got the locksmith to turn up straight after them. Um, and just as they turned up, there was somebody in the house. Um, and the guy said, "Oh, we're, I'm just looking after it for the for the owner." Oh, that's very kind of them, isn't and I was, it? Yeah. So Locksmith was like, "I don't think you are, but um, yeah, let me call the owner to see." And then he just fucked off. 
Yeah, just to clarify the law there, I did quite a bit of research into it. It is a criminal offence to break into a residential house without the um, owner's consent. So the police don't know what they're talking about. Um, if they break into a commercial property, then they get squatter's rights. That's right. Yes, I remember this. Yeah. Yeah. So residential property, it's trespass and they can be forcibly removed, but only by the police. Isn't yeah. there like yeah. a time frame on that or something? So if they, so there's no time frame on the, okay. Then Biker Grove was lying to me then. Biker Grove is a great source of reference though, babe. Well done. <laughs> it's where yeah, all so legislation is passed initially. Yeah. 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 So it, it must it must be a case for the police not knowing what to do then because I was complaining to them three or four of the neighbours were complaining to them and they, they did nothing for like a couple of weeks. Wow. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised because it, it, there's not enough police. Uh, uh, yeah, that's probably an element to it as well. And yeah, yeah they, they were like, well, this isn't a huge matter. You know, what's going on? You know, if there was a fire, it'd be a different matter. You know, well, like, there's didn't you even get re referred to the drug squad because there was drug taking going on and they didn't want to know. They did well. It's not that they didn't want to know. It's just we haven't heard back from them yet. Yeah, yeah. same diff. So all, all the evidence was gone by the time they uh, say that should turn up. But anyway, more of the story is they're out. We've got the house back. That's and good. We can, and we can move on. Yeah. Wow. We can transform it into something beautiful again. There you go. <laughs> yeah. And also, this, just remember that it's, this it's is hard. always going to be an ugly duckling. I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, no, no, no. I, I, I. <laughs> I disagree because we, we're just getting them on five-year leases, which we're very, very happy with. So we have yeah, but it's still them. it's still not going to be a, a next level anymore yet. Oh no, no, no. Well, the area might have up and come by five. Years. <laughs> something tells me you don't believe that. No, there was no conviction in that statement. <laughs> He's laughing so hard. <laughs> However, what it has done is it's given us the opportunity, or well, me the opportunity. I've met so many of the neighbours, and they're lovely. Yeah, and now they're they're looking out for the house for us because we weren't managing it properly or ourselves really. We had an agent looking after it, um, and now they've they're all keeping an eye on it for us. Well, I mean, they've got a, a stake a stake in that as well because obviously, if you've got drama next door, it's going to affect you their ability to sleep at night and relax. So it's great that they're looking out now. Mm. But also, it's good to know that we're we're not rogue landlords um because that they were thinking how is this how is the landlord letting this happen yeah um, so now that you, you get on good terms with them you just say yeah no we don't want this to happen we want this to be a nice place for, for you to live and for our tenants to live in so um let's yeah it should be collaborative it should in fact i had a neighbor of one of mine ring me the other day they phoned up you know the house i just bought the estate agent gave them my number which i'm sure is a breach of gdpr but anyway whatever and um the neighbor rang me and was just like oh we're love that you know the fence is blown down between my property and 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 his and um but he went in with a chip on his shoulder he went in with the oh you're one of them you know southern landlords coming up here buying all our property up north sort of thing and then by the end of it, you know, we were exchanging pleasantries about, you know, grandchildren and like the weather and his dog who was worried was going to shit all over my garden. And yeah, I somehow managed and convinced him to actually repair the fence himself because he's a builder and we'll sort it out another time. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a great conversation. Yeah. I think that that's very much again, come back to that human element of of property yeah. because people assume as a landlord you're an awful human being off mm. before they meet you and then they yeah. actually meet you they have a human connection and then that that yeah. dynamic changes yeah yeah 
It's so true. As I was saying, I, I, I have had to be an, a, a, the annoying landlord to one of our tenants who gave notice yesterday to the agent. Um, he's one of our very first tenants since 2016. Um, so he's got my number. Oh, of course. Yeah. So he gave notice to the agent and then um, agent said, okay, yep, so this is your notice period. Um, you are due to pay up to the end of August because you gave notice um, today. So the next periodic is 1st of August, so then a month's notice. And he'd explained it to him uh, a week ago, a week before. Um, as soon as um, the tenant actually physically given notice and got this bit of information, straight on the thing to me saying, oh, this is really unfair. I'm being asked to pay a month and a half. Um, all this blah, 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 blah. I just don't. It's not fair. I paid my rent on time for over, over for about six years. It's like, congratulations. Yeah. Like 97% of everyone else is in our houses. You know, well done. You're, you're, you're not, What's a medal? Uh, a fucking medal <laughs> for paying your rent on time. It's like, okay. Um, so like, you've held up your end of the bargain. Okay. Um, he's like, well, why should I have to you know, give this? I was like, well, if I want to get you out, I have to give you notice. Um, yeah, you should expect a notice period. Um, and so I had to you know, refer him back to the agent and just said, you know, this is this is the contracts. Yeah, you know, this is the, the agreement. You have to go and speak to the agent. I'm not getting involved. Mm. <laughs> so um, even though he's been a great tenant for, for, for many, many years, he's also been a really annoying tenant in, in many ways. When I first started, um, he was he was he was unnecessarily needy at the very beginning, lent on me quite a bit and I gave him far too much um much you know but i think how do you change the dynamic of a relationship like that where you know you've given maybe the tenant too much leeway too much of your time too much of your whatever how do you gradually pull that back because you've almost trained them to be a bad tenant at that point yeah it's a very good question um depends whether you're yeah obviously we put a managing agent in place so then i could refer all because i was myself <laughs> managing it so you set it up and then pass it over to the management agent to deal with. Um, so, so essentially, yes. Yeah, so I said, so the managing agent is dealing with it. And, and to be honest, I haven't heard from him in, in many, many years. Um, <laughs> agent heard from um, him every day so. since. Exactly. <laughs> so he's like six years, of, six years of hell and now we're getting rid of him. Oh, God. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, but if, if you're self-managing, I, I think you just have to start just being very slow in responding you're not responding straight away you're setting expectations um you know you're probably just responding and just saying you know maybe go and speak to your other housemates about this rather than coming to me you know you know, you're a grown-up grown um, can you imagine saying that to one of your tenants you're a grown-up you can figure this know. out you I got it i think it's it, <laughs> it, it, there's a right way of doing it and it'll be on a case-by-case -case basis but essentially the, the underlying issue is you're a grown-up we provide you a place to live. Yeah, if you've got issues with another tenant, you need to speak to the other tenant. There's nothing we can do about that. You need to speak to the other tenant first. If yeah. you're not talking to each other, then we probably get involved. Or you just, you know, what can we do? You've got an agreement to live in the house. If you don't like living in the house, one of you probably needs to move out. Or, mm. uh, you know, and it's, it's, it's kind of simple like that. And if, like, if you both like living in the house, but don't like each other, it's like, well, you have to learn to live with each other. Mm. And what else? What else are we supposed to do? You know, we, we're not, you know, counsellors. We're not relation. We can't give relationship advice, even though sometimes you end up, you know, as the happens at the very beginning, you know, a bit of relationship advice, you know, and 
like, oh, my girlfriend wants to move in, blah, 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 blah. But you never really, what I, I learned is you never really get the full story. You get the bit that they want you to hear. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then when you learn the full story, you're just like, what the? <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, I'm trying to think of an example. Because it was so long ago, I can't really remember. But, yeah, there was something about a girlfriend moving in. And um, and it was supposed to be temporary. And it wasn't temporary. And he was like, you know, you, you give someone, you know, oh, they're visiting for a week. Three months later, they're still there, you know, from Poland. And he's like, it's like what, what, what just happened? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I think if they feel the need to ask permission for someone to visit for a week, they're probably not only staying for a week, are they? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I suppose, actually. Yeah. They're, 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 yeah. Give them a week, they'll take a year. <laughs> anyway, yeah. so Lewis, you've, you've come hopefully prepared with some questions. In fact, you were overly prepared. I think you sent them through in advance. But you're so organized. Yeah. yeah. Got to be organized. I'm a busy boy. Yeah. Love it. Like, yeah. Yeah. Life is short. Yeah. Um, well, though I do feel like I need to throw back in the question of what would be your go-to karaoke song for everybody oh. to answer. I think that's a good one. Okay, I've got two now. Okay, yeah. So, um, uh, uh, Erasure, um, Love to Hate You. I mean, can't go wrong. Um, and of course, Little Mermaid. What was, what's the actual title of that song? I don't actually know. <laughs> Look at this stuff. And you call it... yourselves fans of Little Mermaid. Yeah. Would well, you of think it. my oh. connections come? I'm going to Google it. But that song, yeah. But now that we've discussed it, Lewis, like, yeah. right? Got to be. We'll have to do it as a duet. Yeah. Oh my God, can you imagine? Oh, yeah. people, people be moved to tears, and not for a good reason. <laughs> is it part, wow. of your, part of your world is that the one? Yeah. Part of your world. Oh, well done, Daddy. Yes. I feel like that might have been a bit of a Google in the background. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> you! Uh, I just got past the fingers. I thought that was daddy knowledge. <laughs> playing. Oh, my goodness. I've okay. been, been warming up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Niall? Um, Duster. I don't really Duster. have... Duster. Delta Dawn. <laughs> Delta Dawn. Delta Dawn's only a song that I've been listening to for the past four or five months so that's i've never sang that before however um for everything <laughs> there's a reason why i don't sing um or why i don't normally do karaoke i would think probably something with johnny cash like the ring of fire that was my second choice for you i can't yeah, imagine my second choice for you yeah i mean he's got a very particular voice doesn't he johnny cash and oh so do i <laughs> yeah but I'm, I'm not sure they're, they're similar they're not oh, sure nothing they're like him no <laughs> I, I just have my own take on these things, you know. Oh my God! Ring of fire! Stop it! <laughs> oh dear! Oh, I gave her singing a ring of fire. I'm sorry. <laughs> Somebody had to say it. Oh, I love you're it. You're just, you're just so narrow-minded, John. Uh, I'm, I'm open-minded. Filthy. I'm Filthy. open. I'm open to your ring of fire, and I always have been. So, okay, fine, love it. Right. Cool. So, yeah, so we've answered that question. So what's the you next have it. You have it, Matt, yeah. Look at him trying to swerve it. Um, yeah, I don't do karaoke. Because I don't really... Wait, I don't you're, really you're the accompaniment it. to karaoke. <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah, oh, seriously, li literally, I'll, of all the gigs I've done over time, some of it is bloody karaoke. <laughs> that was so funny. Um, uh, the only one that's springing to mind is the last time I did karaoke. And myself and my wife sang um, Live and Love Eat a Loca. Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> that's that fantastic. Is brilliant. Yeah. 
<laughs> That's great. Also, da, is there any evidence da, 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 of this? Da, 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 da. Yeah, maybe. I think there is actually somewhere. Good. That must be shared with the world. Yeah. Struggle to find it. Yeah. What's yours, Lewis? I don't know if I've got so much as a go-to karaoke song, so much as a go-to karaoke set list. Oh God! So, yeah, it's, it's I won't get up to do just one song. You can, you can share that on, Sp- on Spotify later. I should do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But no, definitely got um, "Living on a Prayer" Bon Jovi. Oh, good choice. Yeah. Um, Amy Winehouse, uh, uh, Back to Black, classic. Um, Valerie as well. Brilliant. Yeah. Crowd pleasers, you know. Yeah. People going. Absolutely. Um, you need yeah. people with you, not against you. That's true. Yeah. That's true. I I, I never achieve that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Is there a more relevant question or is this another, another random one? Uh, another another random one, really. Um, yeah. But I can either go for um, meaningful or or an opportunity to boast. Which oh, one would you like? Both. Okay, so we'll start meaningful with the... Boast, we'll start with, so meaningful, uh, meaningful boast. Well, I'll just start with one of them. What would you consider your biggest achievement to date? Oh, Matt, you've got no choice but to say one answer, you, you, just so you know. Um, he's racking his brains now as to what that is. He's got to say being a father, otherwise he's the worst father on earth. Like it's, That's true. It, when you're a parent, you, really, you can only say that because otherwise it's like, yeah. Uh, being a father. Well done. There yeah, we go. Of humans and literature. <laughs> Very good. Oh, okay. No, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to struggle with mine. So, yeah, you go. Um... Yeah, I'm actually struggling as well. I think the biggest achievement, actually, I would consider the fact that I have not had to work for anybody else for the past five years. That's a big achievement. achievement. Yeah. Five years. Well, must be four or five years. Yeah. I think it's eight years since I started property. Yeah. 2015. Yeah. So I was probably three years in that that I quit the day job. Two and a half, three years. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. It's so long. So I think that's a big achievement. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose mine's probably similar to that, really. It's just sort of stepping out of the conventional job model and standing on my own two feet. And I suppose Mm. more latterly in the last two years as well, where I've separated from my ex-partner, gone through a divorce, like just being resilient on my own, like being financially independent and with all the peaks and troughs that that's had, you know, like that's been quite proud of myself. So yeah, that's, that's our boastful stuff. That's nice. Yeah. That's a good one. Really good. Um, So next question then is uh, how did you overcome the most difficult period in your life? This really is therapy, isn't it? Um, Yeah. I, this is stuff I find fascinating. The time is actually quite ticking here. Yeah. <laughs> Matt hates this stuff. He'll be like, no, let's get into profit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I can talk about that. So um, I think the most difficult time in my life, probably, uh, no doubt about it, my ex-partner's brain hemorrhage. Yeah, just get, go, going through that. Yeah, just surviving the, the five years that followed his brain hemorrhage, really, because property was part of that. So bringing it back to property, you know, like, working a nine to five job, um, you know, managing his care and, you know, supporting his needs um, whilst learning how to do property professionally, whilst kind of getting involved with like, you know, um, learning to teach it as well, whilst simultaneously going up and down the motorway, investing up north uh, for the first time, raising finance, all of those things, you know, like, 
um, whilst, you know, with, with a diagnosis of, of post-traumatic stress disorder. Yeah, that, that was a pretty rough few years back then. Yeah. So, yeah. I, so what, what was it that helped you overcome that? property actually I think property was a focus for me because it actually it was a way to kind of step away from the the stresses of of the everyday and the stuff that I was finding hard but also where I was on performance review with my job because I really was struggling and that was partly the PTSD but it was also the fact that I realized there was more to life than working yeah I had like you know you buy out of the job you're you're just like I'm no longer my, my heart's no longer in it but what it was was having property was like my my exit strategy like it was the thing that I started working towards whereas I was kind of getting depressed because I didn't have that up until I discovered property and then as soon as that became a way out and I was able to put my energy into it it was a complete game changer in terms of my life but you know it it, it was a coping mechanism as well so yeah 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 amazing well done thank you yeah no it's a big one I think I think that's I think sometimes you can choose a stress which is like a real, uh, an escapism stress. Yes. Does that make sense? Yeah. Which helps you deal with all the other stress you've got Absolutely. going on. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I think situations like that, can, you can either go one way or the other. So you have the choice to let it overcome you and let it overwhelm you, or you can take control of it and run with it. Yes, and actually succeed yeah. from it, which ultimately helps your mental health, right? Like, yeah. 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 I think mine is kind of similar to you, Joe, in that sense, where it was traumatic experience I guess it gave me the kick in the ass to realize that I needed to do more I needed to achieve more I needed to look after my look out for myself more hence being able to quit the day job um and that was after my dad had died um and that was the kick in the ass for me just to actually sit up and actually think about what it is that I wanted to achieve and how I could get out of this ever-ending cycle of just going from contract to contract to contract and not being happy with it um it was it was fi- it was well paid i had a decent income and everything from it um and was creating an okay lifestyle but nothing to the same extent that i can create now because of property um and being uh, self employed so i think yeah that's very similar route to you joe yeah yeah mm. oh look at him thinking I think I think I thought this was, this answer was so obvious. I know what your answer is, but then I can't speak on your behalf. <laughs> you're, you're this close to doing it, though. <laughs> yeah, what to? I want to. It's so when I it's when I think question? I saw you at your lowest. I think it's when I saw you at your most vulnerable, and actually, property was your saving grace as well. Yeah. So. Um, it's a similar story to, to Joe's then and the fact yeah. that there was uh, you know there was illness with my, my first wife who obviously you met Lewis a long long time ago um, and you remember that period of time of my life as well to be fair yeah um, so that was very much a very stressful time which eventually led to the breakup of the marriage um, but property was a saving grace for me it wasn't quite for my ex you know um and it's yeah well i suppose property was also a help for me but also probably helped to end the relationship as well because i just kind of put my all into that um and and kind of moved my focus away from supporting her which got harder and harder to do 
um, which is a much longer story um, about her, how she was dealing with her cancer. So um, it was, yeah, it was very, it was, it, yeah, property was a, a savior. It gave me something to focus my energy into. Um, and then obviously the reaping the benefits of that over time uh, now and into the future. And then, uh, yeah, but it also had the negative impact of, of just highlighting the, the stresses, the strains, the, the, the cracks in what was already there. So, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Wow. I feel like all Good of answers. us healed, healed yeah. through that. Thanks, <laughs> that was great. What about you? Um, so uh, similar. So I'll kind of wrap them both into two and those two questions so for me I went through a uh well I'm 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 a gay guy I didn't come out till I was 26 so I grew up in the church really 26? yeah yeah, yeah 26 I know flipping it imagine being a virgin until you're 26 rather shit yeah. myself thinking about it now <laughs> but um uh yeah so um I uh, didn't I didn't start living true to who I was until that point and then ended up in a very very bad relationship which was very very toxic which dragged on for about three four years and that just destroyed me all my coping mechanisms and if it hadn't been for investing um then I I mean I was I I didn't have a normal job or anything like that so if I did have a normal job I would have lost it I couldn't function on a day-to-day basis I was in a really bad way and I think what got me through it is having an income stream that wasn't reliant on me having to work every day um, but also having just the the desire to keep going um, and that's what kind of got me through I mean I remember one point in my old flat um, standing in the car park thinking I was about to have a mental breakdown and I just can't imagine having to have had a normal job on top of all of that um, because it just brought that breakup wasn't just the breakup that was so bad it just dredged up loads of stuff from my from my past um so it was just it was just a very difficult time but yeah and the reason I say investing is because yes I'm a property investor I also invest in forex and I trade forex and my greatest achievement I think is off the back of that creating a community of people who are also investors um who help help each other I think that's I'm so proud of that community which has kind of been born out of all the stuff I've been doing for over eight years um, with a desire to transform and, and help people. So, yeah, I mean, it feels a bit twee saying it in actual words, but it's it comes from that place of pain and what was birthed out of that place of pain. So, yeah, I suppose those are my kind of two answers for for those. I love it. Congratulations. Yeah. That's that's a real achievement. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's funny, isn't it? I think most success is born of some element of pain or trauma, right? Yeah. I think a lot of people, unfortunately, wait until that traumatic event, until they actually do something, whereas the opportunities were always there in the first place. We just didn't see them because we had our blinkers on. Yeah. Yeah. People don't move, tend to move away from pain until it's too painful. Yeah. 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 In fact, some people would still still, um, stay within that pain for, as you say, two, three, four years before they even realise that there's a way out. Yeah. but also pain becomes your normal doesn't it becomes it? your normal it your becomes normal. your comfort exactly yeah. and you actually continue to attract it in because it's your safety space it's what you know yeah. so yeah yeah 100 yeah gosh so property really for all of us was our salvation yeah yeah interesting it's really interesting yeah I, I, that's a that's a nice little conclusion to draw and sort of when you look at when you look at it through that lens you realize that it goes so much beyond the the bricks and mortar of what we do you know that's the human side of property isn't it what you were saying you know that that transformation goes back to your element of transformation yeah Yeah. as a human you transform yeah 
Oh, synergy. <laughs> so, um, shall we do a very quick round of episode roulette to, to wrap up? We, we can do a quick one. I think we could just sit here talking all day, to be fair. I, I love this. This is great. Okay, so just as a recap, Lewis, I'm just going to scroll through all of our previous episodes. Um, yep. You shout stop at any point, and then whatever topic we land on, you just give us your view on that particular topic. Okay? Licensing, licensing. <laughs> so I am scrolling. Stop. Oh. Property projects. What's your favorite bit? Favorite bit of a property project. Yeah. Mm. So when you're doing a refurbishment or when you're actually going through the purchase, refurbishment, all that from beginning to end, what do you like most? Getting it tenanted. <laughs> Just seeing the money come in. <laughs> yeah. That is my favorite bit. But, well, it doesn't sound like it's your favorite bit. Exactly. No, that's that's true, true, yeah. said. Well, getting it tenanted yeah. and keeping them in. Keeping them in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Keeping them in and paying. Yeah. That's, that's my favorite bit. <laughs> okay one quick one yeah let's do one quick i'm scrolling again i'm scrolling again stop okay uh episode 26 stress how do you deal with stress wow this is brilliant um i don't very well (laughs) (laughs) i know i know all the tactics that you should be using i've actually um I've, i've got a very good friend of mine who's a brain researcher at cambridge university and i've actually had him come in and speak to my community a few times about stress and how to reduce stress and the problem with stress nowadays is we don't know how to reduce it so our baseline of stress is gradually increasing so we're actually pretty much all of us are chronically stressed compared to where we should be as a baseline as human beings. Um, And he says that through his research, the best way to reduce stress is meditation, but not mindfulness. Like it's called TM transcendental meditation is actually the best way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And there's so many like actual scientific research pieces on how to reduce stress um, uh, through transcendental meditation, because it's about actually um, becoming uh, not becoming aware it's about the opposite it's about becoming completely unaware of yourself and that unawareness triggers parts of your brain which allow your body to rest and when you sleep it's not actually the same type of rest when you go into sleep your body goes into work mode but a different type of work yeah. so when you meditate in this way your body actually enters into like pure pure rest and it starts to recover in a different way so that's how you reduce stress and you actually bring down cortisol levels in your bloodstream that's amazing. I, this is um, linked to some of the meditative work that Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about, which I was looking into recently about this. Yeah, if effectively, if, you know, m- uh, manipulating your brainwave activity. And so taking your whole body into a completely different state to achieve a completely different state of being like it's just, you know, yeah, de-stress, but also um, uh v- the, the other way as well. So, you know, sort of becoming nothing, becoming no one, being nowhere so that you can be so that you can actually kind of break free from yourself basically you know like yeah yeah Yeah, it's amazing wow well uh talking about kind of breaking free i think that's not a good time to break up for today so thank you very much uh lewis for joining us if people want to reach out to you find out more about what you do more about your community your forex anything like that how can they get in touch with you 
Best place is on Instagram. So it's Lewis, L-E-W-I-S underscore Crompton, C-R-O-M-P-T-O-N. Um, that's probably the best way. Um, or email me at Lewis at starttradingnow.com. Um, or I'll give, I might give you guys like a link to an ebook or something. If people want to read that about kind of my journey, then they can do that too, if that's all right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, other than that, I live my life on Instagram. So that's probably the best place to catch me. <laughs> Love it. Um, Thank you very much, Lewis. Um, that'll be a goodbye from me. It's a goodbye from me. It's a goodbye from me. And it's a goodbye from me. Come and jam with us on social media where you can hear more and see more. On Facebook, search Property Jam Podcast. Or you can follow us on Instagram at Property Jam Podcast. Or you can email us at Property Jam Podcast at Outlook.com. See, See you on the next, next episode. episode.